Hey everybody, it's that time of the uh, two weeks again, where we record another episode of Your Word Against Mine, a competitive rating podcast with me, your co-host Thomas Dempsey. And me, your co-host Elizabeth Connor. Alright, we're recording a little early in the day today, and we've got a bunch of stuff to get over, so we'll uh, get on with it. But first, Elizabeth, what you been up to uh, otherwise? Um, I guess, like, I guess things have been, like, this weird mix of, like, we've been really busy, but when you talk about it, it doesn't sound like you've been that busy. Yeah, I get that. You get that? Um, because it's pretty much been, like, baseball, work, stuff at home, um, and then, like, and then we've also had, like, a ton of rain. So, it's like you'll be gearing yourself up to do, you know, X, Y, and Z with baseball, and then, oh, hey, the game's canceled. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much how it's been. It's been, like, baseball, work, home, um, and right. that's kind of it. Sure. I did I did manage to start watching Bridgerton Season 2. Okay. I haven't well, finished nice. it. Sure. But, um... Well, that's... A- there's a lot of shows on. Well, like, we and, just don't uh, really watch TV, and, like, Bridgerton's one of those things I know Brian's not going to be interested in to watch, so... Sure. Yeah, I ain't even seen the first season, so I'd be interested in checking it out at some point. It's good. I feel like it's, um... I feel like it's, like, just different enough from the books to still be, like, a good show. Here's the thing, though. if Like most things, if you go into the show expecting it to be exactly like the books, you're going to be highly disappointed. Okay. Also, if you go into the show and you're expecting it to be, like, historically accurate, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Hey, who cares? But if you go into the show with the, with the expectation of being entertained... Yeah. Expectation met. That's- expectation met yeah I like the sound of that I feel like uh, it's funny now that so much more is happening on streaming services the old like broadcast model of seasonal television seems to have fallen by the wayside mm-hmm. which I kind of enjoy because it feels more uh, spur of the moment in terms of like whatever conversation is going on right but uh yeah, I hadn't we hadn't really been watching much either. Watched a lot of basketball in the lead up to the girls' finals in March Madness the other week. Yeah, we 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 watched um the, I think we watched the 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 three final games. So like the final four game, and then the, uh, or like the semifinal Champions. and then the the final. Yeah, yeah, that was that was good to watch. Uh, for those who don't follow it, uh, the women's college basketball championship was won by her own uh usc girls team yeah we had the uh the big screen set out to watch it on we've been getting more utility out of that in the last several weeks okay yeah i bet watching a uh, a big game like that is a lot of fun with the projector and the screen yeah we we get it set up a sort of a like in the middle of the living room Mm -hmm. uh because you got to have, uh, in addition to just having the space to set up the screen, you need a proper distance from the uh, projector to get the full-sized image. Mm-hmm. So, 
it's almost like you're setting up a giant invisible CRT yeah. in your living room. So the neat thing about this projector is it's it works both forwards and backwards. So mm -hmm. if you wanted to, you could set the projector behind the screen and then program it to project everything in reverse so that when you watch it from the front, the picture comes out normal. Okay. And that's that seemed mo more convenient for certain situations like if you were walking back and forth a fair bit but uh because of how we were doing this with the tv broadcast we didn't have as many options and far of arrangements were concerned mm -hmm. yeah but it's a good time i look forward to uh, uh showing off to you guys when you come up to visit yeah yeah i expect uh you got your spring break coming up we may be seeing you at some point yeah, um, yeah, we haven't actually, like, I guess we kind of need to sit down and talk about how we're going to run spring break, because I've got a trip planned for the the second weekend. Okay. Or, like, the, you know, like the ending weekend of spring break. Um, right. Like a girl's trip, so. Okay. Have to talk about how we're going to. Yeah. If I need to ask for any time off work, too, a little uh, lead time would help with that. Right. So that you're not getting a call. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, are you coming to work? Getting... <laughs> yep. Well, of course, I don't know. But uh, we've been getting more hires for in-shop, but I think we're still at a point where, like, the demands of delivery driving are just a little too high for most people. Mm -hmm. Like you need a car, you need car insurance, uh, you got to be able to afford gas, which hadn't been uh, super great as of late. Yeah. It's getting better. Like I think it, we're down to is. about 350 in certain places up here. Yeah, it is getting better. Yeah. But uh, that's all of a, th of a thing. Uh, let's see, I could talk about some stuff I've been up to in light of reading because ain't really done much of it. Okay. Uh, I finished this game I was playing called Tunic, mm -hmm. which is a kind of a book game uh, when you think about it. It's this adventure sort of in the vein of Legend of Zelda, where within the game there are these pages of an instruction manual for the game itself. Mm -hmm. And you can collect those to sort of figure out what it is you're meant to be doing and where you go. Okay. So, it was, it was pretty engaging in that sense. Yeah. Always sort of like learning new things and finding new angles to the game that were sort of present all along, but you just didn't have the context for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I liked it. Okay. It was free to play on Game Pass, so I didn't have to pay anything. Awesome. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, I, I've beat it to my satisfaction. There's a couple of other things I feel like I could be doing with it, but I got what I think is generally considered to be the good ending, so mm -hmm. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Also, just because the last couple of days I had to get a lot of reading done and uh, needed to focus more on that, so. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, unless you have anything else on your plate, I think I'm uh, more than happy to be discussing books. Um... No, I don't think so. Although I do have to say, um, 
I'm scrolling through uh, pictures from like the the district where I used to work. Like I'm scrolling through some of the prom pictures that have been uploaded. Oh yeah. Prom like prom attire did not look like this mm. when I was in high school. Like like the the amount of like feathers and brocade and just the just the sheer extravagance of some of these outfits is is astounding. Okay. No duct tape dresses or tuxedos? Absolutely not. Like, um... I mean, some of these prom dress, Like, some of the prom dresses, some of the tuxedos, like, you know, look pretty normal, quote-unquote. Like, what you would think of when you think of a prom dress or a tuxedo. And then some of them are extremely risque or just, like, look are made with, like, very, very expensive-looking materials. And there's all kinds of fun patterns. And I, this is impressive okay well i guess they do it up over there in uh what part of the state you're in in the pd pd yep yep that's uh, it yeah that's cool anyway uh you want to take the floor with this first half in terms of what you've been reading uh yeah so (laughs) no shade but i feel like i've been I feel like I pulled a TJ because I've read one book besides the book for the challenge. Nice. Uh, and like I said, no shade, but, and it wasn't even really like a book book. It was a novella. <laughs> Alrighty. It was like 70 something pages. Um, but anyway, and, and like before we sat down to record, I was sitting there kind of debating as to whether or not I was going to talk about it, but I'm just going to bite the bullet and talk about it. Okay. Um, so the the one other thing that I read this week is uh, it's a novella called Toxic Love by Lauren Beale. Um, okay. And it is, I guess, I, I, I guess you could, I guess it's in the romance vein, but it's, I, I don't, it's not very romantic. Yeah. It's um like the title says it's extremely toxic. It's about it's about a young woman named Scarlett who is in a uh who is in an abusive relationship or who's, you know, she's in an abusive marriage um and her husband forces her to engage in acts that she doesn't want to do, but at the same time um, she has, she's an, she's an addict oh, and okay. so she kind of goes along with it because he supplies her addiction. Yep. Um, so, and then anyway, one of the people who he brings in to, um, hurt her turns uh, out he's, he's not a, he's not like, he's not into that life, lifestyle, like at all. He's a, he's a really stand up guy and. Anyway, in the very, like, brief chapter, you know, the very few chapters that he's actually a part of, um, he helps, or he figures out a way to get her out of her relationship. Okay. So, but then it doesn't really go into a whole lot of detail except for he gets her out. Right. 
Like, there's no, you know, there's no, like, did she get over her addiction? Did she go to rehab? Has he, like, did they stay together? Like, there is none of that. Okay. Um, I, I don't know that I would recommend this book to anybody because I read the trigger warnings before I read it, and it was not quite so bad that I felt like it was a do not finish or a DNF, but it yeah. was... It was pretty painful to read, so, um, mm. so yeah, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to recommend it to anyone, um, well, in terms fine. of, in terms of quality of writing, though, like, it was written well. Sure. The subject matter was just uncomfortable, well, not just uncomfortable, but the subject matter was uncomfortable. Yeah. So. I get that. Okay. That's the one thing well, I've read besides. That's cool. Uh, in that case, I uh, I ain't read anything else but the book we're discussing for this week. <laughs> so I guess that sort of wraps up that segment of the show. Uh, if we can jump back to the non-reading uh, segment for a second, I was yeah. recalling when you said the title of the book was Toxic Love. Uh huh. It put me into the mind of something I. Uh, came across somewhat recently uh there's this website i like to hit up every few weeks called bandcamp mm-hmm. it's a uh music streaming slash uh storefront site mm-hmm. they recently got acquired by the video game company epics so i don't know like how they'll be changing in the years to come but sort of their uh flagship model here is that they're very artist friendly Mm-hmm. especially compared to like other storefronts where and streaming services where a large cut of the revenue is taken up by uh the uh site owners and by uh the record companies and what have you mm-hmm. so this is a really nice way to support like smaller and independent artists is by okay. uh, listening to their music and downloading it through this site and uh especially on um what are called Bandcamp Fridays where the first Friday of every month for the last several months or so uh Bandcamp will donate all of their revenue to the artists who people are like shopping from mm-hmm. so every time a Bandcamp Friday rolls around I sort of take that as an opportunity to hit up you know artists I've been hearing good things about or that I've been listening to and would like to support Mm-hmm. One band I uh, came across, actually through Spotify, one of those bands that just sort of shows up in your mentions uh, or your recommendations multiple times without mm-hmm. you realizing it, is this band called uh, Cobra Man and their album Toxic Planet, which is uh, it's pretty short. I think it's right around 30 minutes, but it's really like sort of 80s throwback. You got, like, a lot of synths and guitar riffs and such. But, uh, yeah, if you're ever listening to something to listen to in that vein, I'd give it a check. And, uh, yeah. (coughs) We've really only got the one thing to talk about now that I can think of, so you want to just call it a break and then come back in a minute? Yep, let's do it. And welcome back to Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. Um, We are now back from the break, and we are going to get into the reading challenge that we had to complete for today. So, um, 
So, Thomas, you had us read The Lincoln Highway um, by... Uh, Amor a Towels. Yeah, Amor Towels. And uh, suffice it to say, we both read it? Yep. All right. I uh, managed to finish it just a couple hours ago. How about you? Yep, me too. Yeah, it was a pretty uh, close finish there. I um, think I got up to the last hundred pages last night and then finished it off this morning. Mm -hmm. I will say, though, something I really appreciate about the Tal's books I've read so far is just how they've got that sort of... I mean, they really are page-turners in terms of, like, the way the plot is outlined and the way you're just sort of... And I talked about this last year with uh, A Gentleman in Moscow. You never really uh, put in a position where you have to slog through like certain details or story beats in order to get on with it. Mm -hmm. He's always sort of like shifting perspectives or going off on like tangential narratives that help flesh out the main plot. And you'd, so it's just a very engaging mode of writing, I find. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, that's that's just my thoughts. Uh, what did you think of it? Um, I really, really loved this book. Um, yeah. Like, I really loved it. It was... I don't know. Like, while I was reading it, like, I kept getting... Um, of, Mice and Ven of, of Mice and Men vibes. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of that there. Part of it reminded me, even though I've never read the book, I've seen parts of the, I seen, I saw most of the tele, made for television movie of a painted house. Yeah. Um, and the, and the other thing that it really reminded me of, and I'm trying to, I'm like looking for it now and I can't remember what it is, but it is a, it's a no, it's a movie based on a Stephen King novella. And I feel yeah. like, um, I feel like it was called 1942, but I... Yeah, I, I know what you mean. There is a book, uh, like, set in sort of a... Um, like oh, an it's old 1922. West, sort of, 1922, yeah. I remember that. That was like a Netflix movie. Yeah, it was a Netflix movie. And, um, so, even, and so it also, like... It, it reminded me of those three things. So it reminded me of, of Mice and Men, A Painted House, and 1922, the movie. Right. Um, Though not as scary as I understand 1922 to be. No, not scary. Well, I mean, 1922, I didn't feel like it was scary. It was it was creepy. There was lots of suspense, mm -hmm. which I felt okay. like it was an appropriate... I felt like there was this, this book was suspenseful. Yeah, it definitely times. has like its moments of sort of drip foreboding. So, I mean... But yeah, I really, really, I really enjoyed this book. And I'm sitting here... I don't know why. Maybe it's because of Bridgerton. I don't know. But now I feel like whenever I'm reading something, like in my brain, I'm like coming up with the uh, the screenplay. Oh, sure. The adaptation. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this or like I'm trying to think of like, you know, this is how you could make it into uh, like an like what medium would this be best for and how could you do it? And I feel like for this book, like it would need to be. Um, it would need to be a 10 episode Netflix series. Yeah, I get that. Or, uh, I feel like I was going to say earlier, I feel like so much of what you see these days with regards to television and movies is, uh, literary adaptations. 
Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's what uh, I'm sitting here the whole time I'm reading it. I'm like, yep, ten Netflix, ten episodes, hour, you know, anywhere from an hour to an hour and fifteen minutes per episode. Like it needs to happen. Yeah. Huh. So, <sighs> I so. Uh, I really enjoyed it too. Uh, was a little. I mean, I feel like a lot of the delights of the book are just in sort of the left field turns it takes. Because mm-hmm. from the very title, you presume you understand what the book's going to be about. Yeah. It's uh, these like a road movie or a road story kind of book. Right. It's named after the first inter uh, transcontinental highway that was built in the 1940s, I guess. And... It's about this guy named Emmett after he's released from uh, a juvenile uh, detention camp after uh, inadvertent manslaughter. Yep. And he returns home in the wake of his father's death and the bank is foreclosing on their farm so him and his little brother have to up stakes and move. And his little brother's the sort of like precocious like bookworm type who's got these big ideas about seeing the world and going on adventures and tracking down their uh, mother and such. And his whole thing is about taking the Lincoln highway out to California. And Mm -hmm. before they can set about that, uh, a couple of uh, the older brother Emmett's uh, bunk mates, basically from back at the uh, detention camp, Mm-hmm. Uh, turn up having escaped and are basically tagging along for the ride uh, with their own plans of like claiming an inheritance and setting up themselves so the story leads you to believe that like there'll be like uh, separations and confluences and uh, stuff as these people are all sitting about their uh, goals out in California, but then quickly it sort of spirals out. Not what happens. Yeah, (laughs) not what happens. Yeah. So the book actually takes place mainly between uh, the boys' home in Nebraska and New York City, as uh, complications sort of conspire to send them in the exact opposite direction as their intentions. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the sort of thing where like. A lot of characters in this book behave in ways that are in sort of direct sort of uh, conflict with the wants and goals of the main characters. So it seems like every time a new character is introduced, uh, some plan gets thrown off the rails and people like get sent away from where they're going. Yep. And a, a lot of that, I think, ties into the overt references to the story of Ulysses or Odysseus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book is pretty, like, wears a lot of its literary influences on its sleeve. Yep. Where uh, the character Billy is really obsessed with this almanac of famous adventurers, and so the story is constantly making allusions to all these... Uh, like stories of myth and history and whatnot, and uh, so that this it's sort of a an a adventure story about adventure stories in yeah. that respect. Yeah. But 
Yeah, who is your favorite character? Not Duchess. <laughs> oh man, that guy sucks. <laughs> like like I said, he's pretty much like an engine for uh pl- pl- plot comp- complications. Mhm. Where like um, every time someone encounters him, yeah. I feel like my favorite characters Like I mean, I, I liked Billy the kid. In yeah. some ways, he kind of reminded me of you as a kid. Oh, I'm not sure how to take that. I kind of thought he was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just thought he, you know, but I, I, well, first of all, I'm around children a lot more than you are. So That's true. I, I just, you know, Billy's parts, I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, well, that's what a kid does. Um, but I did find that he had some, he had a very uh, mature sense of deduction. Oh, yeah. Or of being able to, like, read situations and read people that you might mm-hmm. not necessarily find in every eight-year-old. Yes. Um, I also enjoyed Sally's chapters. Yeah, I was, I was kind of pleased to see that she wasn't so much left by... I mean, insofar that her character's, like, uh, conflict is in sort of being left by the wayside by people around her that she yeah. was given a uh, element of agency in terms of her place in the story question i just because i can't remember did the book did the book ever explicitly say how old she was no i think we're too into it that she's about the age of emmett and them but uh it never i don't recall ever having it outlined exactly how old she is because like to me she seemed initially she seemed a lot older than Emmett and then you kind of realize that there's like an expectation there or that she has an expectation so then it's kind of like okay well maybe she's not as old as I thought she was because that would be inappropriate right yeah I uh I don't know I feel like certain details aren't hammered down uh super hard with various characters Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I kept forgetting how old certain folks were supposed to be, especially somebody like Wooly. Yeah. Who uh, is kind of like uh, in a similar headspace as Billy, but uh, I think on the opposite end of things most of the time. Mm-hmm. I think where Billy is sort of precocious in a way that can be like proactive and productive, I think Wooly's more of just like, you know... In keeping with his alliance with Duchess, more of a plot complicator. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I said Billy, when I said I had uh, some hang-ups with Billy, I think so much of it is just this idea of people wandering off. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, that's all. I, I think maybe just cause that's has something to do with this hang-up I have about interruptions in conversation. Uh-huh. That uh, it's almost by the same token, like, if a person is, like, going off and doing something without keeping other people in the loop, it sort of feels like a slight. Yeah. And uh, the book never really treats it as such, but uh, that's just, I think, one of the things that sort of got under my skin with certain characters after a while. Yeah. Not that um, I never really stopped engaging with him or anything. Yeah. 
I like I felt like Emmett was basically like the perfect main character. Yeah. Like I mean, and and you know, when I say perfect main character, I don't mean that he was perfect. I just mean that he, you know, was grounded. Was very yeah. much like very much knows how the world works, but that doesn't mean that he. That doesn't mean that like he wouldn't get overwhelmed or he wouldn't get emotional or whatever. Um, yeah. So I, I really liked Emmett and I liked him as a main character, but freaking Duchess, man. Oh man. Like when I first started reading the book, I was like, okay, like I did not like him from the get go. I did not like him. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? We're going to keep an open mind. Yeah. We're going to keep an open mind and it didn't get better. It got worse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, and, and honestly it was the scene where Emmett is talking to the nun. Oh yeah. After, you know, like Duchess runs off the first time. Yeah. Right. Um, where I was kind of like, okay, maybe this is being set up in a way that I'm not aware of. And I need to keep an open mind about this character and I should have trusted my instincts. Yeah. Because he was awful. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. He, uh... I mean, he's not overtly villainous, but he's definitely the antagonist of the story. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think, uh... Without giving too much away... Say what? I said he got what was coming. Yeah, without giving too much away, I definitely think the story sort of... It, like it, I mean, to say the least, it ends on a comeuppance. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I, um, I feel like, especially having read it in what was probably like a pretty fleet, uh, span of time, I feel like there's like definitely like sort of, uh, at, uh temperature changes with various mm-hmm. parts of the story or like, whereas especially at the end when you're sort of coming up on a sense of finality with everything that people are getting set off on, that mm-hmm. uh, it definitely becomes more melancholy. Yeah. So, uh... Well, I mean, I, feel I kind li- of... Yeah. I, I mean, I personally... I mean, there to me, there's like a thread of melancholy that kind of runs through the whole book. I mean... Right. I mean, like, yes, there is some optimism that it's kind of like, okay, these characters have been through these trials... And they're going to try to start a new life. But I mean, like, if that's the point where you're set up, but, you know, like, if you're set up a certain way, then it just makes sense that that thread is going to continue on through the following actions. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Uh, I, I, I get that. Uh, I feel like the um, the most, uh, like, optimistic or, well, I, you sort of goes with caveats but the plot line that I think is most like optimistic in terms of things moving forward is probably the subplot with Ulysses mm-hmm. uh, that's like that the character who's sort of introduced midway through the book and uh, is sort of an ally to Emmett and Billy and they're in a phase of their travels and who sort of goes his separate ways after a time but who is sort of sent off with a suggestion of optimism yep yeah I don't know 
I, I find it interesting what like plot details and story threads this book chooses to leave open-ended. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of stuff with Ulysses is sort of in that vein, but at the same time, like, uh, you sort you see what sort of comes of characters who are given, like, definitive conclusions, and you almost feel like that's the more, like, merciful end on uh, Tao's part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, as far as I can tell, Amor Tao's has only written a couple other books. I've uh, talked about a gentleman in Moscow. He's got this one, this previous novel called Rules of Civility. Yeah. Which I don't really know much about, but that I'll be inclined to look up, uh, mm-hmm. I think. I, so, is this uh, his, I think this is, uh, I think Lincoln Highway is only his third book. His third novel, it seems. I think I noticed maybe a short story or, or two among okay. the others. But uh, yeah, this is definitely like the third big one. Okay. I purchased I guess, this. Uh, I purchased yeah. this through the Kindle app, um, but I I want a hard copy. Yeah, well, it's I think a, a well enough seller that uh, hard copies won't be that hard to come by. Yeah. So you could we could look it up at a used bookstore somewhere. After a while. Yeah. These things usually tend to make their way there pretty expediently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, unless you had anything else on in mind that you wanted to touch on? Not particularly. All right, well, like, this book definitely gets a recommendation from both of us. Yep. Uh, the Lincoln Highway, and uh, now I think we can add it to the pile as far as word totals are concerned. That uh, we can. Where does this put you at for the moment? Um. So, I, so in the interim, uh, if you include Lincoln Highway, I've read two books in the past two weeks. Uh, for a subtotal of 183,589 words, that brings my total for the year up to 3,211,895 words. Um, so I'm currently sitting at 32% from last year. Okay. In terms of my word count. And after reading The Lincoln Highway, that brings my word total up to 1,579,032 words. Uh, which puts me at 35% of the way towards my uh, re- word total for last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm st- still a little bit ahead in the whole my own words against me game. But, right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. But I've got spring break coming up. Oh goodness, that's gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be a a backbreaker. But uh, maybe we'll yeah. see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. At any rate, uh, like I said before, uh, I think it's well. I I think it's time for a new reading assignment. Okay, what you got? It's going to be a little different. Like I said earlier, a lot of my uh, would-be reading time the past couple weeks has been taken up with video games, mm-hmm. and I know that's not a problem you necessarily have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Until now. Oh Lord. Okay. All right. I'm going to shoot you a messenger link. And, uh... Oh, I just got it. I want you to click it. Okay. For your... A month from now, your assignment is to play the visual novel. Chicken Police? Yes. 
It is available on the Nintendo Switch. I have a hard copy you can borrow if you'd like. But uh, all accounts should take anywhere from 7 to 10 hours to finish. Okay. Now, th this is something I'd actually had in mind when I got you the Switch, was the potential for visual novel style games to get you into it. Okay. And uh, this was one that had gone on sale a fair number of times that I'd had an eye on and has generally been well-reviewed. But uh, as the cover art says, it's a hard-boiled detective noir story starring animals, specifically chickens. <laughs> yep. And uh, I think if you look up any trailers online, you'd probably get a better sense of how it all plays out. But uh, Okay. Yeah. Uh, but one month from now, we'll reconvene to discuss this. And, okay. Uh, it seems like something you'd be down for. Yeah. All right. So, and, okay. So, you know, for challenges, typically yeah, there's, a def th there's a definitive, yeah. like, word total. So um, word how, total. how will this yeah, work? There's definitely uh, some uh, some back-of-the-napkin math I'd be working out. But I'm okay. thinking we'd equate it to uh, playtime. Okay. So um, the book, the website I linked you to says that it's an estimated uh, six and a half to eleven hours, depending on content engaged with. Yeah. So if we equate that to like say a a reading speed of say thirty to forty pages an hour, mm -hmm. then uh, that'd probably put it at about the length of like an an average length novel okay so uh we'll work out the specifics but regardless uh i think we can ar arrive at something that's pretty fair okay Alrighty. so that that takes care of uh most of the mainline business for this week elizabeth you want to uh shout out the details with the regards to the show yeah, so you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Literally Club at Your Words Podcast. You can also shoot us a question, a recommendation, or a comment to our email at yourwordspodcast at gmail.com. And you can always check out our website at yourwordspodcast.com. That's right. We look forward to hearing from you. Also, if you can uh, give us a rating or a review on whatever pod catch your app or service you're employing we'd appreciate it that Help we get would. the listener numbers up we recently passed 900 lifetime downloads Woohoo! yeah so on pace i think to meet or surpass last year's total hopefully so i think having a backlog certainly helps because then if somebody stumbles upon your show and seems like it's something they'd be interested in yeah. So, uh, is that, get like, so is that 900 downloads year to date or lifetime? Like lifetime. Like oh, okay. across okay. every episode we've ever uploaded, we've okay. had 900 downloads. Okay. Yeah. So we're not quite at the top of the charts yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> and at any rate, we thank you for listening. It's been a good episode. Once again, I've been your co-host, Thomas Dempsey. I've been your co-host, Elizabeth Connor. And Elizabeth, what do we tell people? Bye. Bye.